Hello and welcome to Mixnerd News. This is where you come to listen to breaking news when it comes to the nerd world. That means we have breaking video game news, movie news, and TV news. If you want to hear about the latest games, the latest movies, and everything else, stick around. Because here's your host Nick from a tiny studio in San Diego. Happy November. It is November 8th. Uh, last week we, we recorded on Halloween Day, of course. Um, episode still released on Wednesday the 1st. But this is the first time I'm actually talking to you guys from November. Which is, I can't believe the year's almost over. We're that much closer to the Game Awards. Which I have a feeling is where... One of our biggest news stories is going to happen. We are almost to the new year. We've gotten through the big fall release season for the most part, uh, which was pretty pretty much just October. So, so many games came out in October, but it's a wild to think that we're just a few short weeks away from 2024. Was your 2023 fun? Did you guys enjoy it? Did you like all the movies and games that came out this year. Was this year the best year in gaming in a long time? I'm not entirely sure. I don't even know if I could give a top 10 games this year, which is unfortunate. Um, but it, it really has to do with um, my personal situation. Not a huge deal. But hopefully we can resolve some of that in the next year. Um... But maybe I'll have some friends uh, fill in the gaps for a top 10, right? We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, I, I do have a lot to talk about today. So uh, there's three major stories we're going to talk about. And because of that, we will, not, we will forego a top 10 list of 90s movies this week. Uh, mainly because of the amount of stories we're going to talk about. And secondly... It, because I'm, I need to refresh it a bit and I need to regroup it. I've kind of let it sit and I didn't finish working out my list realistically. Um, so there, there's a bit of, of things that need to be done on that. And just because of the, the pure amount of movies that I have watched in the 90s, I cannot give you um, I can't give you a, a, a legitimate list right now. There, there's just, a couple of them have to be probably broken up into two. Um, potentially two or three uh, will have to be broken up. Just There's so many movies I've watched, and that's the part of it. Um, we'll get back to that next week, though. Uh, but anyway, just, just, just to give you guys a, an idea, 
the top three stories this week. Grand Theft Auto 6 was officially announced to be getting a trailer next month, which, like I just said, I think will be happening at the Game Awards. Uh, if you ask me, that's that's where those are going to take place. Um, or that's where it's going to be released, realistically. The Overwatch League is shutting down. One of the biggest esports leagues there is right now is officially shutting down. And then this literally happened like an hour or two before I went to sit down to record. The actor strike may officially be over. The longest actor strike in Hollywood history may officially be over as a tentative deal is reached. Uh, after some, I don't want to call them threats, but like ultimatums were kind of made over the last week or so. Uh, but it looks like that may be coming to an end and the summer movie season may be saved. Who knows? Uh, but that are, those are the top three stories today. Um, before we waste any more time, just uh, as general housekeeping... Make sure to follow Nick's Nerd News on social media on your guys' preferred platforms of choice. Uh, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Threads. Uh, a lot of stuff is mostly on Instagram. My personal TikTok account, the Nick DeFalco, I would recommend following that as well. I post a lot of fun stuff, interesting stuff there. Talk, posted a video about Spider-Man 2 the other day. Uh, so that's all there. I do recaps on my movie lists. So... Check all that out, but um, also check out nixnerdnews.com. You guys can listen to the show in the browser, or while you're there, you can find links to our Spotify page, our Google Podcast page. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Amazon Music. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on, I said Spotify already, didn't I? No, we're on Spotify if I didn't mention it already. We're on all the big platforms for listening to podcasts, so we're, we're there. You guys don't need to worry about that. Uh, if you want to take us on the go, things of that nature. Other than that, uh, thank you guys for listening. Those were the top three stories. Let's not waste any time and get right into the news, shall we? Alright, so, uh, a lot of news. Like I said, a lot of news today. So, a new Sonic game called Sonic Dream Team was announced, but it is an Apple Arcade exclusive. Uh, it's being compared to Sega's other franchise, the Knights series. We'll see how that turns out as an exclusive for Apple, though. Um, CD Projekt Red has uh, opened up about the potential sequel to uh, Cyberpunk 2077, and the, I guess, the narrative director, Igor Sarzinski, uh, was speaking with PC Gamer, and he likened it to what happened with their Witcher games. He said, quote, Consider the Witcher games and how they changed with each installment. We want a similar evolution here. Cyberpunk 2077 was our first venture into a futuristic sci-fi world with a ton of new gameplay mechanics, narrative tone, themes, and art direction. Some of the stuff worked almost right out of the box. 
such as the art, city design, music, interactive scene system, play styles. Other aspects took more time to get right, like character progression, NPC interactivity, and optimization. That's natural. It's impossible to nail everything on your first try. Now, with all the game elements iterated and working well, we'll focus on connecting them even tighter and creating a coherent, total immersion experience. Unquote. I like that idea. They're optimistic and they're happy, and that's a good thing. That's a good place that you want to be if you want to keep growing a franchise. I posted about this on TikTok the other day, but I platinumed Spider-Man 2 this past week. And it's the second platinum trophy I've ever gotten, despite owning a PlayStation 4 and now a 5 combined for, oh, almost 10 years across the two of them. So, it's, it's, there's a question about, you know, there's always a question about length of, of time to play, to beat. And all these things on, on games. And I, I think Spider-Man 2 exists in a sweet spot. Where it's not too short. It's not too long. It's perfect for someone who has a schedule like me. That you know I can't sit and play games like I used to. There's a lot of things going on. That I go off and do and enjoy. And I'm not always sitting at home playing. Or I, I can't always have that luxury. Uh, but also... It's not too easy to platinum. I don't. I don't want to say that either because that'd be a weird thing to say. But it, it's it's achievable, right? And as an adult that again doesn't have as much time to play as I used to, that is something that I welcome in in so many regard that it it's a it's a good thing, and I'm I'm happy that I was able to do that because. Again, the fact that it's my second Platinum ever, uh, both of my Platinum trophies are from PlayStation 5 games as well, so that's speaking a lot to the nature of, of games. They don't necessarily have to have arbitrary, ridiculous things for achievements or trophies in the case of Xbox and PlayStation, and it's doable. And it was easy to 100% the game as well. I mean, I 100% of the first one before DLC, so makes sense. Uh, and just a final note on Spider-Man, we have learned that Miles will be the main Spider-Man moving forward in the Insomnia universe. No issues there. Uh, Lies of P, the game uh, where you play as Pinocchio based on like is like a Souls style game, will be getting a sequel after the uh, uh, unexpected success of the first game. Uh, PS Plus games for no no November have been announced. They are Aliens Fireteam Elite, Mafia 2 Definitive Edition, and Dragon Ball The Breakers. Uh, those are all the games available as PS Plus to PS Plus subscribers for the month of November. Uh, we've learned that Omni-Man will officially release tomorrow for Mortal Kombat 1. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. We've learned the release date for the second half of the Pokemon Scarlet and Violet DLC. That will be released on December 14th of this year. With the Pokemon Company sticking to their word, both DLCs would be released this year. Um, this, is, this is a ridiculous story. Capcom is, is taking issue with different mods being made for their games. What they are calling, quote-unquote, reputational damage. 
Uh, I don't know about that, Capcom. So via Eurogamer, Capcom's R&D team uploaded a video presentation, uh, part of their open conference on Resident Evil, and it said, quote, it was called, quote, Anti-Cheat and Anti-Piracy Measures in PC Games, Recommendations for In-House Production, unquote. So, obviously you focused on cheating, piracy, things like that, but it also said this, quote, Mods are popular with users because they allow them to add or change various features to an existing game. However, for the purpose of an anti-cheat and anti-piracy, all mods are defined as cheats. Uh, um, unquote. They also followed up with, uh, quote, There are a number of mods that are offensive to public order and morals. When these are disseminated, the image of the pr product is tarnished and branding is affected. Also, these offensive mods may be mistaken for legitimate implementations and can cause reputational damage, unquote. I'm sorry, no. That's not how it works, especially when people know it's a mod. That's like the last thing people, oh, this game is bad because of mod. Like, no, dude. No, there's not, that's not a thing. I'm sorry, it's not a thing. They, they kind of go on to explain, like, mods can hurt the game. Like, yeah, but people know that when they download the mod. I... That's not on the developers. I'm sorry. I I don't know. I, I guess they want them to feel sorry. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Modern Warfare 3 has been getting uh, early release. If you pre-order the game, you get the campaign. Campaign is getting dogged big time because of how short it is, which is very upsetting for a Call of Duty game. Uh, and its lack of originality and its simplicity, which, again, not good for a Call of Duty game. Uh, it's been marred by technical issues, other things like that. So we'll see what happens when the final game releases uh, this week or next. So hopefully that doesn't tarnish the Modern Warfare brand again. Counter-Strike 2 is getting custom maps in a new update. So if you're playing Counter-Strike 2, that is available to you now. And... 343 has opened up about the spike in price, uh, the price hike, I should say, I don't know, a spike, on its in-store game, the uh, the cosmetics store, realistically. So, in a blog post, um, or addressing a straight to Twitter, I guess, uh, community director Brian Sketch Gerard tweeted, quote, Shop prices on many offers have changed in conjunction with multi-core functionality being added to customization content. With Season 4, we saw new shop offers reflect a new pricing model to account for new coatings being multi-core enabled. With Season 5, many previously released coatings and all helmets in-game were updated to work on all cores, and those shop offers were adjusted reflect to reflect these changes, and to have parity with Season 4 offers. At the same time, the team went ahead and made proactive adjustments to offers that included shoulders since they will be multi-core enabled in a future update. It was a trade-off to try and for to try and front load some of that work now versus having a constant churn of shop pricing changes along the way. While many season 1 through 4 offers have been adjusted, I want to be transparent that as more multi-core coatings come to bear, there are going to be more past offers that weren't included with the initial season 5 adjustments that we'll see updates in the future. 
As a reminder, everyone who already owns these helmets, coatings, and shoulders will automatically receive multi-core functionality on eligible items as the changes go live in-game. In the case where some offers are being displayed as a sale, despite being the same price or even more than before, this is due to the underlying base price of the offer being increased. The current sale price is lower than the new normal price, but without that context, we can certainly see how it leads to confusion, perception of it being a bug or error, etc. I understand this isn't necessarily what everyone wants to hear, but I hope this at least explains what did change and why, unquote. So, again, still frustrating to see increases like that, but it, it does, uh, it is frustrating. So... That, that, that a lot of community members are upset. I get it. A lot of other people are upset. I'm upset. I haven't really bought anything in the store, so I get it. Um, Halo 5, or Halo 5. Halo Infinite, though, has seen a resurgence in players, and community will has been restored in a uh, certain regard due to the addition of Season 5 and its new uh, implementing of cross-core co- cross customization, which allows you to use the same helmets across every armor core. That's kind of how they differentiate, like, operate, how operators are on Call of Duty. Uh, sounds like they're adding shoulders, so that's good. Uh, there is some more contra- controversy, though, as they did add the Mjolnir Mark V, or was it Mark IV or Mark V? So the, the armor from Halo 1, right, the original Halo, and people are big mad because it costs $20 by itself. And I totally understand. That's a ridiculous price for Master Chief. I get it, though, right? Halo 5 multiplayer is free to play. It is free to play. I get it. But at the same time, I don't. And it's frustrating. Especially since it's an armor core everyone wanted. But hey, you can get Halo 5 Master Chief if you get top rank. So, there's that. (laughs) Uh, BlizzCon was this weekend. I'm not defending them in any way, by the way. BlizzCon was this past weekend. We learned some news about some Blizzard games. Diablo 4 is getting its own tabletop game next year. Uh, Cataclysm will be coming to WoW Classic in the near future. Three new expansions were announced for World of Warcraft, uh, being part of what they're calling the World Soul Saga. And the first of these DLCs will be called The War Within. Uh, Diablo 4's DLC, Vessel of Hatred, was announced. That is expected to launch sometime late next year. Overwatch 2 is getting a new Heavy Assault uh, hero. His name is Maga, and he will be a Samoan hero. And Phil Spencer made a surprise uh, appearance and during a keynote speech. Uh, specifically name-dropped StarCraft, causing the internet world to speculate fervently, feverishly, fervently, one of those two things, about a potential revival of the brand, as it has been almost a, more than a decade, I think, since StarCraft II came out. When did StarCraft II come out? Let's take a look, shall we? I know it had several expansions. StarCraft II... Was so the first StarCraft game was 1998, StarCraft Remastered was 2017. Holy shit, that's a long time ago. StarCraft 2 Heart of the Swarm was 2013. It has been a straight decade 
since StarCraft II came out. Wow. Wait, StarCraft II split into three installments? Yeah, StarCraft II, Wings of Liberty in 2010, Heart of the Swarm 2013, Legacy of the Void 2015. It has been a straight 13 years since StarCraft II originally came out. That is wild. That is wild. Uh, the final DLC was 2016. Wow. They've been free to play, though, since 2017. That's nuts, man. It's been a very long time. Anyway, StarCraft 3, anyone? <laughs> uh, Xbox has announced a new partnership with AI developer tool InWorld, frustrating many people in a year full of uh, what you would call massive layoffs in the gaming industry. So, InWorld AI is the company. It will allow uh, the development of AI tools for Xbox for AI-enhanced characters and more. So, this was spotted by The Verge. It's a multi-year partnership. And, let me see. I guess uh, Modern Block used in-world character engine to create AI-powered GTA 5 story mod Sentient Streets, uh, but that was ultimately shut down by Take-Two. So, interesting. So they're all optional, but uh, obviously AI's been a hot topic across the board in all ways. Um, it will allow them to create dialogue, characters, and more. Uh, some people are frustrated. We'll see ultimately how this pans out. For Xbox in the future. Naughty Dog ha uh, has come out. It swears, guys. It swears that the Last of Us multiplayer game is still happening. Okay? Wink, wink. It's still happening. <laughs> uh, Gamer Fuel is coming back this month uh, with its original OG flavor and Master Chief on the bottle. Getting real 2007 vibes here. Real Halo 3 vibes, people. Fortnite OG made a Fortnite milestone with the largest day ever. 44.7 million players uh, jumping onto the game for uh, 102 million total hours. And announced on Twitter, Fortnite said, quote, we're blown away by the response to Fortnite OG. Yesterday was the biggest day in Fortnite's history with over 44.7 million players jumping in and 102 million hours of play, unquote. So, Fortnite Season 4, which is OG, sent players back to the original island. Um, different phase of Battle Royale's past, starting with Chapter 1, Season 5. Shopping carts, ATKs, assault rifle, pump shotgun, and more all back. But uh, sprinting and mantling did stay, even though it is OG. Which is uh, interesting that they, they've, they've gone back to the original island. Uh, if you have a PlayStation 4 or 5, expect to lose Twitter integration next week as the API is being shut down. Wait a minute, how are you supposed to share clips from your PlayStation? Oh, I guess you got to use the app and then download it. Um, yeah. Uh, another round of layoffs has hit another major developer. Uh, Ubisoft has announced they will be laying off 124 people in an effort to streamline 
things is kind of how they worded it. That's weird. Uh, PS5 Slims are out in the wild, and uh, Dave to Dave to D, a YouTuber, uh, was able to get his hands on it and break it down. Well, he did say that it is much lighter than the original PlayStation 5 model. Uh, it is not that much smaller uh, in the grand scheme of things, which is very strange. And the two-tone, seeing it in a video now, the two-tone difference on the paneling is so noticeable. And just the, the, the clips you can use for horizontal is so cheap. Uh, the one cool thing... Like I said, it, it's just as ugly. I hate it. The one cool thing I thought, though, was that it is modular, and you can add the disk drive later. The disk drive requires no screws to attach. It's literally like a button, and it plugs. It plugs in. No major hardware work required. That is a boon for that model, if you ask me. The unfortunate part is the extra cost if you want to stand it up Um vertically instead of horizontally so it's just it's a joke overall switching over to the other major japanese publisher and console maker nintendo in a strange twist of fate switch nintendo switch sales have actually gone up despite uh, you know rumors of a switch 2 on the horizon so nintendo has announced that it will be increasing its profit forecast for the current financial year after sales of Tears of the Kingdom and the Super Mario Brothers movie. So, for the six months ending September 30th of this year, Nintendo announced its financial results, reported a 21.2% year-on-year increase in sales, which amounted to about $5.3 billion. And in 27% year-on-year increase in profit, which is about $1.9 billion. That is the largest for the video game maker since March of 2017 when the Switch launched. That is insane. That is insane. They are expecting to make a profit of $2.8 billion for the year, up from $2.3 billion for the year for the financial year ending in March 30th of 2024 that is wild um that is not the only nintendo story today though speaking of the switch 2 nintendo has uh, said that rumors about the switch 2 are what they're calling quote unquote inaccurate um so it, it, it it's it's interesting they finally responded to all of them so, in an August report from Video Game Central, uh, we learned that Nintendo had planned to release a new console sometime next year. More reports came out from Eurogamer and other websites. But now, um, now we've learned, uh, this is, let me see, there were emails uh, that came out from Nintendo during the Activision trial, but... This is what it says, quote, given the closer alignment to Gen 8 platforms in terms of... Perf oh, wait, no. Sorry, that's from the emails. So, now, in Nintendo's financial results, which we were just talking about, uh, Furukawa, who is the president of Nintendo, Shintaro Furukawa, Furukawa 
uh, was asked about the future, and this is what the translation said, quote, As we have said in the past, our company is constantly conducting research and development on new hardware and software. But regarding new hardware, we have no further comments to make. Rumors have spread on the internet and elsewhere that appear to be based on non-public information, but those are inaccurate. To give specific examples, we have heard reports that we talked with a certain software publisher at the end of 2022 to describe the hardware that will be successor to the Nintendo Switch, and that we gave a demonstration of new hardware at an event outside of Japan in the summer of 2023, but neither of those is true. Information that has not been officially announced by Nintendo can mislead and confuse consumers and investors. We encourage consumers and investors to view the information we present on our website and our social media accounts and exercise good judgment, unquote. That, that's, that's just a, uh, maybe. So if you hear things that aren't from us, it's not true. Like, okay, okay. Let's all everybody calm down here, okay? Obviously, this next Nintendo console is coming. So, yesterday was November 7th. What does that mean? I'm sure you're asking. Nick, what do you mean yesterday was November 7th? Of course it was November 7th. Today's the 8th. Yes, I understand today's the 8th. November 7th is N7 day. N7 day, you ask? Yes, N7 day. Mass Effect Day. And with it, we got a new trailer. It wasn't much, but it was uh, some character, female, in a awesome, like, long coat that was an N7 coat and a new weapon and a helmet. It was a 30-second trailer. Means probably nothing. Fans have been speculating wildly. I guess it's a trench coat. Um, this, there were some, um, it looks like it might tie into Mass Effect Andromeda because we don't, a lot of people were wondering if that would be talked about, but a, a special code, um, was shown in the trailer or after, um, and it said, Access code Epsilon, access code accepted, secondary encrypted detected, VJBSVU, XXXXXXXXX, Andromeda distress signal detected, year sent redacted, audio transcript, although they should know by now not to underestimate human redacted. Um, it's all tied to Andromeda, so maybe this will be in the very far future, uh, as, it, as Andromeda takes place technically in the futures. It took many many years to get to the Andromeda Galaxy. So, uh, in Andromeda, it takes place in 2819. Um, that's when they get to Andromeda. So, God, that came out in 2017? Holy shit. That's a long time ago. I wonder... Oh... You know, maybe that's Liara to Sony in that N7 outfit. Um, relays are busted. How are they going to get to Andromeda? That's true. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what we learn about Mass Effect 5 in the future. Uh, Nintendo and Sony have announced they will be teaming up for a live-action Zelda movie. 
Yeah, everyone thought that, you know, Blue Sky and Nintendo would make an animated Zelda movie after the success of the Super Mario Brothers movie, but it looks like they're going with a different studio for live action. It will be a live action Legend of Zelda. So, in an official post from Nintendo Investors, I'll be produced by Shigeru Miyamoto and Avi Arad, who is the chairman of Arad Productions, who also founded Marvel Studios. Um, <laughs> of course, he produced Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Into the Spider-Verse, and No Way Home, Far From Home, and Homecoming. So he's produced pretty much all of the, the Spider-Man movies. He worked on Craven the Hunter and the Borderlands movie. Uh, and then the film will be directed by Wes Ball, who directed The Maze Runner. Uh, Sony Pictures Entertainment will handle theatrical distribution, as well as co-financing. Um, via Deadline, we've learned that Derek Connolly, writer for Jurassic World, will be writing the script. So, development is just beginning. Um, Miyamoto claims, though, that it's been in production for many years. We'll see, though, ultimately, how that pans out. Um, Rockstar Games, in a massive, and I mean massive, announcement, told us that a Grand Theft Auto 6 trailer will be arriving next month. I have a feeling it will be at the Game Awards. Uh, In a post on the Rockstar Newswire, which is kind of like their their news... um, their, their blog, right, for the studio. It said, a message from Rockstar Games. Next month marks the 25th anniversary of Rockstar Games. Thanks to the incredible support of our players worldwide, we have had the opportunity to create games we are truly passionate about. Without you, none of this would be possible, and we are so grateful to all of you for sharing this journey with us. In 1998, Rockstar Games was founded on the idea that video games could come to be essential to culture as any other form of entertainment, and we hope that we've created games you love in our efforts to be part of that evolution. We are very excited to let you know that in early December, we will release the first trailer for the next Grand Theft Auto. We look forward to many more years of sharing these experiences with all of you. Thank you, Sam Hauser. Unquote. Oh. My. God. People, we are... That much closer to Grand Theft Auto 6 coming out. The rumors about it coming out in 2024 are looking more and more and more true. So, it looks like that I think it's going to be at the Game Awards. I think this game is going to come out sooner than we all realize, to be honest. But yes, a trailer for Grand Theft Auto 6... We are just a few short weeks away from a trailer for Grand Theft Auto 6, people. I, I, I mean, I knew this day was coming. I just didn't think it was going to come this soon. Um, moving on. Uh, Nintendo. More Nintendo stories. We got a lot of Nintendo stories. Super Mario Wonder has become the fastest selling Mario game. Um, I don't know what that means, realistically. But... Uh, Super Mario, Nintendo announced the Switch exclusive, the first entirely new entry in the side-scrolling Super Mario series in 11 years, sold 4.3 million units within the first two weeks of sale, uh, since it went on sale October 20th. So, 
That's um, its data is limited to titles released for Wii and DS onwards. So it it's uh, not counting Super Mario sixty four. But I wonder there there there's a lot of uh, accounting that has to go into this. I I wonder though if it's still sold that many because of the large install base that um, is on the Switch. Uh, IO Interactive has opened up about their James Bond game and and how they were able to secure the license. So, speaking with Games Radar, IO Interactive Sorry, Games Radar found this. IO Interactive co-owners Hakan Abrak and Christian Elverdom told Edge Magazine that they had a hard time convincing James Bond owners to let them make the game. So that's who does own James Bond? Is it the MGM? I think MGM owns it now. Do you count the Broccolis? Do you count, like, I, I don't know who who you would count in that. Um, but Abrak said, quote, Our impression was clearly that at the time they were not looking for a game. And I think it's fair to say they might not have been super happy with some of the later games, unquote. That's not a whole lot of information. But essentially it opens up the, the idea to it. You know, the last James Bond game was 2012's 007 Legends, which I don't even remember. And before that, 007 Bloodstone. Again, I don't remember that, and that was in 2010. Everyone, of course, has very fond memories for different James Bond games over the years. Um, the head of Turn 10 Studios has been promoted at Xbox following all the recent shakeups. Last week, we reported on Matt Booty getting promoted. So now we've learned that Alan Hartman, who has been head of Turn 10 Studios since 2005, he's been, wow, that's a long time to be with the studio. So he was the corporate vice president of Forza and Fable, uh, 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 working at Turn 10 Studios. He's now been promoted to head of Xbox Game Studios, so head of Xbox Game Studios overall. Uh, since Matt Booty, who was the former head, was promoted to um, president of gaming content and studios, so that that's a that's a big, big, big promotion for him, and shows the level of faith that Xbox and Microsoft has in Hartman uh, to keep going on. Um, Take Two Interactive CEO has said that if there is a uh, video game actors, voice actors strike, the uh, the fear that it might delay GTA 6 is, is, is not there. So, Strauss Zelnick, uh, CEO of Take-Two, was asked about uh, the potential SAG after video game strike, which is very possible in the near future. He said, quote, negotiations are expected to resume next week. We're optimistic. We value all of our talent greatly. We value excellent labor relations. We're looking forward to reaching an agreement that serves everyone well. In the event they don't work out just fine now, we are completely protected. Uh, meaning that either all the work on GTA 6 is done, or that if the strike were to potentially last several months, uh, it would not delay the release of the game. 
And then our final video game story tonight, which is our, our, our biggest other than the GTA news, uh, is that Overwatch League will be ending. Uh, six years after it originally began, um, Blizzard has announced that, quote, transitioning from the Overwatch League, unquote, as they move on to new endeavors. Uh, their official spokesperson said, quote, we are transitioning from the Overwatch League and evolving competitive Overwatch in a new direction. We are grateful to everyone who made OWL possible and remain focused on building our vision of a revitalized esports program. We are excited to share details with you all in the near future, unquote. So allegedly there was a vote among the league to dissolve the league. This happened on October 1st after the grand finals happened. Um, teams were given the opportunity to sign an updated operations agreement with a cash payment of $6 million for teams that opted not to continue. So I guess... Overwatch League revenue comprises less than 1% of the company's net revenues. That's very small. Uh, the end of competitive Overwatch isn't necessarily ending or coming with this. Uh, there's a possibility of a new league or some kind of new style thing that follows from it. So Overwatch League Commissioner Sean Miller said that, quote, Blizzard is committed to a competitive ecosystem in 2024 and beyond, unquote. So... That's, uh, we'll see what happens and how that affects everything moving forward. Esports, I think, is somewhat in a flux as of late. But that is it for gaming news, folks. Grand Theft Auto 6 and Overwatch League ending. That's some big stuff. Let's head on up north to the 5, though, and see what's going on in Hollywood, shall we? <laughs> So, Hollywood, a lot of good, a lot of good news today. I will say, um, the biggest story though last week dropped the day that we would normally record. Uh, so this is technically old news by now, but there was just a, a lot of uh, whoa. Hold on. Okay, here we go. Uh, there was a lot of Mar there was a bombshell Marvel article in Variety that kind of laid bare. The issues at Marvel. Is Marvel in trouble? And and obviously everyone and their brother has waxed poetic about this on the internet. I'm not going to go too deep into it. I think it's, like some people have said, I think it is franchise fatigue. I don't think Marvel has too many issues. You know, as we're getting reviews of the Marvels, which is getting heavily mixed reviews, uh, it's technically one of the worst Marvel, worst reviewed Marvel movies ever released. Um, whoa, never mind. It went up. We're good. We're good. We're, it's going up. It is going up, people. Um, <laughs> then again, I'm hearing it's funny. But everything I've heard is Iman Vellani is killing it. And honestly, based off the after credits scene, -hoo -hoo, I did watch that. Probably shouldn't have. Um, but in this massive report from Variety, a lot of issues have come up about the MCU. In one of these reports, and this is, um, this is is this is ridiculous. And luckily, apparently, Marvel hasn't committed to it. But there was 
in this report, there was a idea or proposal to essentially make a new Avengers movie, but bring back both Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Tony Stark Iron Man and Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow, which the internet collectively groaned at and be like, then what was the fucking point of Endgame? And I agree in that point. Like, if this was... If this was a real idea that was floated, whoever thought that idea should be fired immediately and sent packing. Um, that that is that is ridiculous. Um, it was it was because of a reaction to the perceived plummet of quality since Endgame that, uh, especially with visual effects, that the this this was this idea was I guess come up with um i don't uh, whoever uh, again whoever thought of it needs to be tarred and feathered we've also heard that marvel executives have considered what to do with the jonathan majors issue and if he ultimately is convicted or found guilty or if they have to move on from him ideas have been uh set forth to potentially replace him with dr doom who in the comics is usually the one heavily involved with uh, Secret Wars and things like that. But nothing, no, tr the trigger hasn't been, the proverbial trigger has not been pulled. Um, no rewrites or anything like that because of the strike. However, this is the potential that this is probably the thing that will ultimately end up happening. This is the one that the insiders and rumors are pointing more towards being the most truthful, but uh, uh, and it, it has to do with Kang and it has to do with Jonathan Majors, but we'll see what happens ultimately as Loki is very heavily tied to that as well. Uh, we also learned issues in regards to Blade. Um, we did learn though that Blade will be made for under a hundred million dollars, which I think that that's possible given what happened with the creator. Just a few weeks ago, if they cannot, um, if they're unable to do it for under $100 million, then they're wasting money on shit that they don't need to be wasting money on. Uh, we learned that Mahershala Ali almost walked away from the project, given all the issues. Um, but different, multiple creative overhauls, at least five different writers, two different directors. But, it, it, and, and the low budget it's going for. This is all in the Variety Report. Um, wow, there was a version of the script that bumped Mahershala down to fourth lead with a story led by women and filled with life lessons. That's not a Blade movie. <laughs> oh my God. So, I, 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 Jesus Christ. Wow. They spent almost $300 million on Marvels, and they're going to try and make Blade for under $100 million. But we've learned that Michael Green, who was the writer of Logan, has been brought on to start anew. Uh, so we'll see ultimately what happens with that. We also did learn, though, that Blade will be rated R. Blade will be the second MCU movie to be rated R after Deadpool 3. Uh, those were the biggest things we've learned on... Uh, out of that Variety article that the MCU is in danger, it's in doom, it has a, its quality has been down. Again, this is just all doom, gloom, hearsay. 
we don't really know the truth. We'll see what happens with the Marvels. Um, there was also some report about Nia DaCosta, the, rep- the director of the Marvels, leaving the set. We'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, Netflix has announced that those on its ad-supported tier will be able to watch an extra episode of their favorite show ad-free simply by binge-watching. So there you go. Binge-watching does have rewards. (laughs) Uh, We also learned that Disney will buy the final 33% of Hulu that uh, had been owned by Comcast. Uh, So Disney will fully outright own Hulu uh, following that. And they did announce that they will be uh, launching a shared Disney Plus Hulu app that uh, that's currently in beta uh, for a potential release sometime next year. Uh, Warner Brothers has announced that several DC Extended Universe movies will be hitting Netflix in a new partnership with them. Uh, that includes the entire entirety of the Snyderverse, essentially. Man of Steel, Batman vs. Superman, Suicide Squad, Wonder Woman, Justice League. I wonder which version of Justice League, though. Birds of Prey, Wonder Woman 1984, and The Suicide Squad will all be hitting Netflix in the near future. Speaking of HBO and HBO Max and Max and whatever the hell you want to call it, We've learned that HBO used troll accounts to hit back at negative reviews on social media. So, in a new report in the Rolling Stone that came out last Wednesday, um, we learned that Casey Bloys, head of HBO, and uh, he's quite sensitive to criticism, and other and HBO senior vice president of drama programming Kathleen McCaffrey had ex- at least six exchanges about hitting back with burner accounts on uh, against harsh criticism between June of 2020 and April of 2021. Their uh, verified text messages were found by Rolling Stone. I guess... Uh, <laughs> um, wow. They, they would get a secret of op- operative, a tweeter, to go after them. I'm not even going to go read all the text messages. It's still a wild story. Uh, Casey Bloys, though, has come out and apologized. Uh, Speaking at an event in New York and reported by Sky News, um, he did apologize for, uh, he said, quote, a very dumb idea to vent my frustration, unquote. Dude, just don't hire that. Don't hire people and don't put it in text message, man. Come on. Come on. Sticking around with DC and everything, uh, Nicolas Cage has come out and talked about his cameo in The Flash, saying, when I went to, to the picture, it was me fighting a giant spider. I did not do that. That is not what I did. Unquote. So first off, he calls going to the movies, going to the picture, which is great. Classic Hollywood speak. I love it. But <laughs> the fact that uh, he said it was... Uh, not what he had did. He said, quote, I don't think it was created by AI. I know Tim is upset about AI, as am I. It was CGI, okay, so that they could de-age me, and I'm fighting a spider. I didn't do any of that, so I don't know what happened there. But I get where Tim's coming from. I know what he means. I would be very unhappy if people were taking my art and appropriating them. I get it. I mean, I'm with him in that regard. AI is a nightmare, AI is a nightmare to me. It's inhumane. 
you can't get more inhumane than artificial intelligence. But I don't think it was AI in the Flash. I just think that they did something with it, and again, it's out of my control. I literally went to shoot a scene for maybe an hour in the suit, looking at the destruction of a universe, and trying to convey the feelings of loss and sadness and terror in my eyes. That's all I did, unquote. So, uh, he followed up with, uh, quote, They did put a lot of time into building the suit. I think Andy is a terrific director. He's a great guy and a great director, and I loved his, his two It movies. Uh, what I was supposed to do was literally just be standing in an altered dimension, if you will, and witnessing the destruction of the universe. Kal-El was bearing witness to the end of a universe, and you can imagine with that short amount of time that I had what that would mean in terms of what I can convey. I had no dialogue, so I had to convey with my eyes to the emotion. So that's what I did. I was on the set for maybe three hours, unquote. Um, I guess... Uh, I, I, whatever, I mean, he's just saying I didn't do that. Well, obviously he didn't do that, dude. It was all CGI. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Nick Cage is hilarious. Uh, moving forward here. Uh, House of the Dragon Season 2 is expected to premiere on HBO Max sometime in early summer of 2024. Uh, and then we've learned that uh, the Hedge Knight show, Night of the Seven Kingdoms or whatever they're going to call it, is expected to start fi filming sometime in the spring. Uh, Netflix will be offering free tattoos for Geeked Week next week. And uh, will be tattoos of, of some of their biggest properties. So if you want a Netflix tattoo. Also, did you guys know there's a new Planet of the Apes movie coming? Totally forgot this was happening. I don't, actually, I don't even remember if the, I knew this was happening. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, trailer dropped last week, showing off the next f movie in the franchise, wholly made after the Disney buyout of Fox, so this was done under the Disney tutelage, uh, it is set in the far, or the distant, no, near future, I'm not sure, uh, it's set some point way after the, the last three movies, uh, depicting the apes all being able to talk, it looks like, and humans starting to lose their their nature. This is closer to what we know from the original Planet of the Apes movies uh, than what we've seen so far. Uh, but it, it looks really good. I still need to watch the third Matt Reeves one. Uh, Yellowstone's final episodes have been pushed to next year amid the strike and everything else. Uh, and several spinoffs were greenlit, so the um, Yellowstone universe will continue to grow. Uh, HBO Max legacy subscribers who are ad-free will lose the ability to stream in 4K on Max in the coming future, which I think is kind of bullshit. Uh, Superman and Lois will end with its upcoming fourth season, signifying the end of DC on the CW. Pour one out for the Arrowverse, folks. And then we've learned, uh, we got a new trailer for Echo, Marvel's newest show, which I think a lot of people forgot about. And we're getting all episodes at once, and it will be on both Hulu and Disney+. And it is rated TVMA, and the trailer was super gory, and it did feature Kingpin, so he is confirmed to be alive in the MCU. It also featured a small snippet of... Uh, Daredevil. So this is confirming it will take place after the conclusion of Hawkeye. 
Uh, it does feature Echo. Echo will still be a villain, but she will not have her superpowers that we know her to have. Um, that trailer was was more graphic than I expected. It's more in line with Punisher and Daredevil of Netflix than what we've gotten of the MCU on Disney+. Plus. Uh, Vincent D'Onofrio, like I said, will return as Kingpin Wilson Fisk. So I am very, very excited for this show, more than I was ever planning to be. Uh, like I said, though, it will drop with all episodes on Disney Plus and Hulu um, on January 10th. Uh, this will also be part of a new spotlight banner uh, at the MCU, which uh, indicates that you don't really need to know all of the prior MCU knowledge to watch it. So, it's uh, like I said, it's going to be under Marvel Spotlight. Uh, will premiere on January 10th on Disney Plus and Hulu, all episodes at once. Uh, and uh, this is from, uh, who said this? Brad Weidenbaum, head of streaming for Marvel, said, quote, Marvel Spotlight gives us a platform to bring more grounded, character-driven stories to the screen. And in the case of Echo, focusing on street-level stakes over large, larger MCU continuity. Just like the comics, fans didn't need to read Avengers or Fantastic Four to enjoy a Ghost Rider Spotlight comic. Our audience doesn't need to have seen other Marvel series to understand what's happening in Maya's story, unquote. So, we'll see what happens with, uh, with the Marvel Spotlight brand. I wonder if they'll put Werewolf by Night under, under that banner as well. Um... So, we talked about that Marvel bombshell article. We learned that potentially Nia DaCosta had left the Marvels to go work on something else. Just literally just left an active production. Um, <laughs> well, she's, she's cleared up everything that was reported in that Variety bombshell report. And um, she said, <laughs> eyebrows were raised. Uh, but she said, quote, they moved the date for, of the film four different times. So instead of being a two-year process, which I was deeply committed to, it became a three-and-a-half-year process. And they knew the entire time that I had an obligation, a greenlit movie with people that were waiting for me. Um, by the time I left to go to London and start prep on my next film, everyone was so clear about what the film was, what we wanted. It really wasn't this dramatic sort of thing people are thinking it is. So, unquote. So she cleared it up. Maybe she had other commitments. It didn't... She still finished it. Um, but she also said that she really did want the movie to be under two hours long. Um, so she said... Uh, this was with Digital Spy. She said, quote, I really wanted it to be under two hours. I always think about the runtime, actually, when I go into a film. I just feel like there's no need to have it long if you don't need it to. Because one hour, 45 minutes is pretty average for a movie. So we were all really excited. I just think you do what's right for the movie. I didn't even know about this runtime thing until I think it was reported on. You have to do what's right for the movie, unquote. A lot of canned responses there. But Marvel movies have been getting long. So I think this will be a nice refreshment for it to be under two hours. Zack Snyder has been doing press rounds for his Rebel Moon movie upcoming on Netflix. Uh, we did learn it will get a special 70 millimeter release, which was sounds really great. Uh, but he also said that it is shares a universe with Army of the Dead, which, I mean, Rebel Moon looks like it takes place in like the super future. 
So I guess it can share, by that logic, it can share a universe with, with Army of the Dead, his zombie movie. But cool, I guess. But I can't wait to watch the movie, actually. Uh, I enjoyed Army of the Dead, and I think Rebel Moon's going to be really fucking good, too. Uh, the Bear has been renewed for season three at at net at Hulu FX and Hulu, and honestly, if you I I talked about this a couple months ago when I started watching it, if you have not watched The Bear, you are doing yourself a disservice. It is probably one of the best shows on television right now, and Jeremy Allen White kills in it. It it's honestly such a good show. I I would have been surprised if they didn't renew it. So. If you have Hulu or if you have FX, you really need to go watch The Bear right now because it's that it's that good. It is an amazing show. It is it is honestly going to be on my top 10 shows of the last decade, 100%. No no questions asked. And depending on how season 3 goes, it can easily enter one of the best shows of all time conversation. No no questions. No questions on that one for me personally. I know some people probably disagree with me, but you know what? It's my right. And speaking of the bear, which does star Jeremy Allen White, we learned that he was almost in what he calls a marvel movie. <laughs> um, he says uh, he, he did blow the audition in a profile that was done in GQ uh, because he has a new A24 movie coming out. He said, quote, I had a meeting for a kind of marvel movie. And I had an attitude. I think I played it all wrong. They were like, uh, oh, so they said, tell me why I should do your movie. Uh, so I said, tell me why I should do your movie. They were like, fuck you. And I was like, right on. I played it the way I wanted to play it. Um, confused. They got really good filmmakers of those movies. And obviously they get really good actors to those movies. I played it the way I wanted to. Marvelly meeting. Um, unquote. He, he's not upset that he lost it. Um, but, uh, that's, that's what happened. If it wasn't Marvel, then maybe it was DC or someone else and maybe Marvel will <laughs> pick him up. Um, going back to, circling back to Nick Cage here, but, uh, in an interview with The Guardian to promote his movie Dream Scenario, which is an A24 movie as well, uh, remember, actors have been able to promote A24 films before the end of the strike because A24 did uh, settle with the with the AMPTP, or sorry, with the SAG with SAG-AFTRA earlier in the year. Um, a question about memes came up, and obviously, we all know that Nick Cage is full of memes, or a lot of his movie clips have been turned into memes. He said, "Quote." I may have been the first actor who went through a kind of memification. One person had cherry-picked from all these different movies where I was having meltdowns, but without any regard for how the character got to that place. I was frustrated because I didn't know what people were talking, taking from the movies other than that. I didn't understand how to process what was happening. I got into acting because I was moved by the film performance more than any other art form. I didn't get into the movies to become a meme. That was new. I made friends with it but it was an adjustment. I thought maybe they would compel someone to go back and look at the movies, but I had no control over it. Um, unquote, which is hilarious because there's, uh, <laughs> um, 
there's so many memes. There are so many memes from it. Not the bees. Not the bees. <laughs> and now, of course, the new meme of uh, him and Pedro in the car from the unbearable weight of massive talent. Um, that's funny. Uh, we'll see, though. I guess I guess he's okay with it now. Makes sense. Um, the memification of Nicolas Cage. That's wild, man. Uh, in strange and interesting news, we've learned that uh, after 34 years on the air, Homer Simpson will no longer strangle Bart on The Simpsons. Um, in an episode that, that uh, aired last week, two weeks ago, Season 5, Episode 3, uh, Homer admits that he's changed his ways. He said, quote, uh, See Marge, strangling the boy paid off. Just kidding. I don't do that anymore. Times have changed. Unquote. <laughs> nice one, Homer. I can't do a Homer voice, otherwise I would have done that as Homer. Um, oh, I guess they get the Simpsons got a new neighbor. The last time, though, Homer actually strangled Bart was back in season 31 in 2019. But I guess uh, it's always been a question about if Homer should do that. Uh, but yes, if you are a big fan of The Simpsons, even though it's been several years, Homer will no longer uh, strangle Bart. The Stranger Things writers have uh, teased images of Season 5 showing off scripts, causing fans to speculate wildly, and what does it mean? What does the darkness mean? I won't speculate, because I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Um, I'm sure we'll learn more during Geeked Week, especially now that the strike is over. Uh, Kevin Feige has hinted at... The future of the X-Men will happen sooner than we might realize. Uh, speaking with Entertainment Tonight, Kevin Feige was asked about X-Men and the Marvels, saying, quote, I don't know if it's del delicate. It's super exciting, but the X-Men are as a solid and rich and great a concept and characters as exist. The return of the animated series next year, which we're very excited about, I saw some new final episodes today, which really bring it back to that core of who the X-Men are, and that soap opera that those characters represent. And then in live action, people will see, perhaps soon, unquote. And all I'm going to say is, uh, go watch the Marvels. Because I haven't watched the film yet, but I did see the post credit scene. And I'm not going to give uh, too bit of massive spoilers away. But... But, if, uh, given what Kevin Feige just said, and given what I've seen today, um, he's not wrong. That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. He's not wrong. And I know that's, that's, that's giving you pretty much a, a definitive answer. Is it, though? Is it, though? You'll see. You'll see. Just stick around for the, the end credits. See? That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Um, well, so we talked about the Legend of the Legend of Zelda movie uh, coming out 
that Nintendo announced that they are partnering partnering with Sony on. Uh, we we announced we announced I didn't announce anything. Uh, we learned that the director would be Wes Ball. Well, in a funny twist of of serendipitous fate, we uh, Wes Ball actually tweeted thirteen years ago. Quote. Since I could never ever hope to have the chance to direct it, the, the next big mocap Avatar-like movie should be The Legend of Zelda. Unquote. That was tweeted by Wes Ball on January 29th, 2010. Um, <laughs> wow. 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 So he directed all the Maze Runner movies. Um, he's directing... The Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes movie we were just talking about. And he will now be directing a movie he never thought he would direct. A live action Legend of Zelda movie. How serendipitous. So today we got a trailer for the new Ghostbusters movie that was supposed to be out this month or next month. That ultimately got delayed to the springtime. Well, we've learned what it's called. It's going to be called Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. And it has more in common with the day after tomorrow than I think anyone expected. I, I didn't really see a whole lot of ghosts, so I'm a little, a little confused. Uh, it is dealing more with the paranormal, which, that's fine. Ghostbusters has always lived in a, a bit of a, 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 a amorphous zone between ghosts and the paranormal, uh, other aspects of the paranormal. We did see uh, in the trailer Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, and Ernie Hudson are, are all in the film, which makes me happy that they have more expanded roles than I, I think I thought I knew they had. Uh, it does see the return of Carrie Coon, Finn Wolfhard, Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd as a Ghostbuster is not a thing I knew I needed in my life, and I'm very excited uh, it, it is a little CGI heavy. That's okay. You kind of have to be in a film like this. Uh, but Ghostbusters Frozen Empire has a new trailer that's out today. Uh, and speaking of trailers, we got a trailer for a new Mean Girls movie. 20 years after the release of the original. Yes, Mean Girls is 20 years old. We got the trailer for just... It's called Mean Girls. But is it, it is a film adaptation... Of the musical adaptation of Mean Girls. So there was a stage play of Mean Girls that was a musical. This is a film adaptation of that. So it's essentially a remake, a musical remake. It's simple as that. Um, Tina Fey and Tim Meadows are back playing the same roles they did in the original. Which work, makes sense. Um, I'm happy Tina Fey is involved in this because she wrote the book and the original film. Obviously, all the, most of the cast is all new. Uh, John Hamm is actually joining the cast as Coach Carr, which I don't know how that wasn't a... That is, that's just a perfect casting, if you ask me. Um, but yes, that movie comes out in January. Uh, mean Girls. I do like the, the original. I have no shame in saying that. It was October 3rd. Uh, we also learned uh, that same Entertainment Tonight interview that Kevin Feige was talking about X-Men. Uh, he was asked about his Star Wars movie. Is it still happening? And he quoted, no. <laughs> so the Kevin Feige Star Wars movie 
is canceled. It's not happening. No surprise there, as uh, Star Wars is kind of in flux at the moment. And speaking of the future of uh, Disney properties, Bob Iger, who of course has returned as CEO of Disney uh, earlier this year, we've learned, uh, so Disney stock, full full disclosure, I am an owner of Disney stock. I don't own much, uh, but I am an owner of Disney stock. And during the quarter four fiscal year 2023 earnings call, uh, Bob Iger did talk about the future, uh, given how this year hasn't been great for the House of Mouse, especially given its 100th anniversary. Bob Iger said, quote, our results this quarter reflect the significant progress we've made over the past year. While we still have work to do, these efforts have allowed us to move beyond this period of fixing and begin building our business again. We have a solid foundation of creative excellence and innovation built over the past century, which has only been reinforced by the important restructuring and cost efficiency work we've done this year, and we're on track to achieve roughly $7.5 billion in cost reductions. Combined with our portfolio of valuable businesses, brands, and assets, and the way we manage them together, Disney has a strong hand that differentiates us from others in our industry. Unquote. So, uh, he's given a firm, confident speech. I hope this uh, helps uh, instill confidence in, in investors. Uh, Disney Plus has passed 150 million subscribers, which is up 4 million since uh, the start of the quarter on July 1st. Um, uh, Disney Hotstar, which is the Indian version, lost 3 million subscribers. Um, so m- that means they've also gained 7 million across the rest of the globe. So, yes, 7,000 employees have been laid off at Disney since March, um, is what they're calling a strategic realignment. But there's... Um, there's hope for the future given given Iger's speak. So we'll we'll see what what happens uh, with the future of Disney, but uh, I, I think we're just in a small lull. And speaking of that, we've learned that um, Disney is in negotiations to add content to Netflix, but not core brands. Okay, I'm very confused, okay? All these these brands are fighting for, you know, their own content, yet they're taking content off their own streaming platforms and putting on their biggest competitors. Streaming's fucked. It, it really fucking is. And if anything, these strikes have just proven how fucked streaming is. And maybe we'll finally start to get actual streaming and viewer numbers. Um, but during this same earnings call, Bob Iger said, quote, We're actually in discussions with them now about some opportunities, but I wouldn't expect that we will license our core brands to them. Those are real, obviously competitive advantages for us and differentiators. Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, for instance, are all doing very well on our own platform. Unquote. So, don't expect to see any of that stuff on Netflix, but maybe, maybe some other stuff. So, we'll see... We'll see what happens with that. And of course, the biggest news, the longest actor's strike in Hollywood history 
has potentially come to an official end. Uh, a tentative deal has been reached uh, between the AMPTP and SAG-AFTRA. Uh, this is on day 117, I think it was, today. Um, in a statement reported on by pretty much everyone in Hollywood, including Deadline, Variety, um, everyone, Hollywood Reporter, uh, the SAG-AFTRA announced that the strike would officially end at 12.01 a.m. on Thursday. So, uh, in just a few short hours, the strike will officially be over. Uh, the negotiating committee voted unanimously to approve the deal. It will now go to the National Board for approval for on Friday per variety and will need to be ratified by the Guild's members. Um, but in the meantime, they are free to return to work. This is... There's been a lot of tense negotiations the last few weeks, enough that they walked away from the table and then came back, and that the gang of four CEOs, which was Netflix's Ted Sarandos, uh, Bob Iger of Disney, um, Zaslav of, of Warner Brothers Discovery, and I, I forgetting, I'm forgetting her name, the head of um, Universal, uh, but even Paramount came in and... Uh, some of the other smaller studios that needed to negotiate um, were, were brought in to, to speak uh, with the negotiating committee, but so much that they have finally reached a deal. Uh, after 10 hours of deliberation, they were able to iron out key measures, especially in regards to artificial intelligence. Um, so... It was 118 days long. The, the second longest strike was the 1980 strike, which was 95 days. So this is officially the longest. So the Writers Guild ended their strike in September. God, it was that long ago? After 148 days. Um, a lot of movies have been recently delayed. I wonder if those delays will be walked back, given that the strike is over. Uh, in a statement... Um, that they released that we won't know all the new agreements until at least um, until at least everything has been ratified. So this is this is good news. This is good news. This could mean the savior of while the fall season is is done. We may potentially get shows uh, early in the spring um, and at least the summer. And movies will probably not have to be delayed too far. So, in a statement released by the AMPTP, it says, quote, Today's tentative agreement represents a new paradigm. It gives SAG-AFTRA the biggest contract on contract gains in the history of the union, including the largest increase in minimum wages in the last 40 years, a brand new residual for streaming programs, extensive consent and compensation protections in the use of artificial intelligence, and a sizable contract increase on items across the board. The AMPTP is pleased to have reached a tentative agreement and looks forward to the industry resuming the work of telling great stories, unquote. So a big sticking point, I guess, was the studios were trying to just own the likenesses of actors for AI. Like, that's that, that was a big fucking no. I could have told you that. Um, so uh, NBC Universal Studio Group Chairman and Chief Content Officer Donna Langley, that's her name. Uh, they were at the talks. Um... That was earlier in October. They kept meeting again. Like I said, uh, more studio heads were brought in. 
So, I'm looking for SAG's statement, which I cannot seem to find. Let me go to deadline here. Um, I'm looking, sorry, that's, uh, oh, wow, so, uh, via deadline, Deadpool 3, Gladiator 2, Beetlejuice 2, Juror number 2, and Venom 3, which potentially may have been delayed, are productions that will most likely start as soon as humanly possible, uh, as the strike is officially over. So, let me see, I'm looking, I don't have the SAG statement, but I'm sure we'll have more on that once we learn what the agreement actually was. That will have to be released, it is a, uh, it is a union, it is part of, you know, labor law and things like that, so we'll learn the details of the contract at some point in the near future once it's all ratified. So... This is a good this is good news. This is very very good news. Uh the strike is over and Hollywood can get back to work. An estimated 67 billion dollars has been lost um in the work stoppage. 67 billion dollars that would have gone to the California economy uh is now uh looks like it will now officially be back on the table for um, as work will probably resume realistically as soon as tomorrow. I'm sure some productions will literally resume tomorrow. Um, that is it, though, for news across the board, folks. Uh, like I said, at the top of the hour, we are not going to be doing a top 10 90s list just because of the amount of news today. Uh, that will resume next week as I kind of fix some things uh in that i haven't i haven't up what i wasn't on top of it as much as i was with the 80s and I, it's just the sheer number of 90s movies i've watched we are going to continue that uh even with the strikes over I, I think that's a fun little series we've been doing so i'll continue doing that for the foreseeable future uh don't forget to check out nixnernews.com uh follow us on social media and uh I don't know what I'm, I got in store for you guys next week, but I'm sure it will be fun. <laughs> uh, but with that, I will catch you guys on the flip side. This has been a production of Nixner News. Please do not use without implicit faxed permission. And yes, that means with a fax machine. Thank you.